This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. You're listening to All the Backlist, a weekly show about books that are not new. I'm your host, Patricia Elsie Tuttle, and Backlist, Backlist Books, my favorite thing. Do, 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 oh, you Backlist Books. This is episode number 304 and a half, and today I'm going to talk about a couple Backlist titles that I'm excited to share with you. Hi, everyone. I am extra happy as I'm recording because this is my birthday week. My birthday is on April Fool's Day, and actually, I really love that it is. I joke that at the end of her life, my mother is going to tell me that my birthday is not actually on April 1st, and she gets the last laugh, but I also have a very morbid sense of humor, I know. This year is a significant birthday because I am turning 42, and if you read The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, then you would know that 42 is the answer to the ultimate question of life, the universe, and everything. I actually didn't get around to reading The Hitchhiker's Guide until maybe five or six years ago, and it was an interesting experience because there are so many references in pop culture and elsewhere that are based on this book that I only learned about in retrospect. There was lots of Ooh, this is where that's from. I can tell why it's a classic. Today, though, I'm going to talk about a couple books that are very much not like The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Before I get to my backlist book picks, let's hear from today's sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Flatiron Books, publisher of The Familiar by Lee Bardugo. This is one I'm actually super excited about. I liked Lee Bardugo's other adult fantasy books, and so I'm really looking forward to this one. It's set in the Spanish Golden Age during a time of high-stakes political intrigue and glittering wealth. It follows Luzia, a servant in the household of an impoverished Spanish nobleman who reveals a talent for little miracles. Her social climbing mistress demands Luzia use her gifts to win over Madrid's most powerful players, but what begins as simple amusement takes a dangerous turn. Luzia will need to use every bit of her wit and will to survive, even the help of Guillén Santangel, an immortal familiar whose own secrets could prove deadly for them both. So The Familiar by Lee Bardugo is on sale now. And like I said, it's a must read of the season. It's perfect for anyone who loves history, a little bit of magic, a lot of danger. You can get your copy now at LeeBardugoTheFamiliar.com. And thanks again to Flatiron Books, publisher of The Familiar by Lee Bardugo for sponsoring this episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Song of the Silks Realms by Judy Eilin. Shi Wei is a talented young musician who was orphaned at a young age. Her sole family is a kindly uncle, but then her uncle is killed, and she is, of course, devastated. With no family and no patron, Shi Wei is facing the possibility of a lifetime of servitude playing the chin. Then one night, she is unexpectedly called to perform for the enigmatic Duke Meng. He surprises Shi Wei further with an irresistible offer. Serve as a musician in residence at his manor for one year, and he'll set her free of her indenture. But the Duke's motives become increased 
increasingly more sus when he and Shue barely survive an attack by a nightmarish monster. It's like, what, <laughs> what's going on here? So this book is a sweeping epic romanticy that follows a talented young musician who is swept away to the celestial realm by an enigmatic young duke. And who doesn't want to be swept away to the celestial realm by an enigmatic young duke? She's living all our dreams, honestly. Make sure to check out the new book. And thanks again to Song of the Six Realms by Judy Eileen for sponsoring this episode. For my first pick, I have Fearing the Black Body, The Racial Origins of Fat Phobia by Sabrina Strings, PhD. Content warning for a whole lot of racism and a whole lot of anti-fatness. So this book has been on my TBR for quite a while. In February, I went to a virtual event through the Pasadena Public Library and listened to Dr. Strings talk about how anti-fatness is rooted in anti-blackness. So this book got thrust to the top of my list. Dr. Strings is an associate professor of sociology at University of California, Irvine, and had a dual postdoc appointment in both the Department of Sociology and the School of Public Health at University of California, Berkeley. I listened to this on audiobook, but I also have a physical copy. She refers to a lot of artwork, and there are photos in the physical copy. I actually found myself stopping to Google image search everything I was hearing about on the audiobook. This is not a light read. It is very dense and pretty academic. It is a slow, thorough examination of historical artwork, historical texts, historical policies, advertisements, periodicals, and more that draws an undeniable link between the ideal of being thin and racism. I've often wondered how Western society strayed so far from the desirably plump ideal of the Rubenesque woman, and this book lays it all out there. I swear all my wife heard while I was listening to this book on my headphones was me going, oh, wow, every 10 minutes or so. Of course, you can't talk about these things without also talking about white supremacy and eugenics and puritanism and John Harvey Kellogg, and she gets deep into that as well and how it is all tied together. This book is so incredibly dense. She not only talks about the origins of the slender ideals in art, but also clearly shows how the medical establishment hopped on the anti-fat train and got to where we are today. When we talk about intersectional feminism, how for our feminism to be worth a darn, we also have to talk about racism and homophobia and ableism, etc., but not enough people acknowledge that we also have to talk about anti-fatness when we are talking about racism and feminism. If you're going through and reading Hood Feminism and so you want to talk about race and other books about anti-Black racism, you also need to be reading this book. It's Fearing the Black Body, The Racial Origins of Fat Phobia by Sabrina Strings, PhD. For my second book, I have How to Do Nothing, Resisting the Attention Economy by Jenny Odell. This book was almost nothing like what I expected, and I think I enjoyed it more because of that. I'm also going to say that part of the reason I really love this book so much is that it is hyper-local to me. Like by the sounds of it, the author lives in a neighborhood in Oakland adjacent to mine, if not actually in my neighborhood, so there are a lot of references to things in the area where I also make my home. If you are expecting a book about how to delete your Facebook account and throw your cell phone in the ocean, this is not it. The author talks about how actually just divesting from social media isn't the answer to resisting the attention economy. 
The nothing that the author talks about in the title, How to Do Nothing, is, as she puts it, only nothing from the point of view of capitalist productivity. The kind of doing nothing is how to do things that aren't seen as productive and sometimes even just do things for the sake of doing things or more importantly, doing things with a purpose that is not capitalism. After all, life is just a series of us doing things, I guess, when you think about it. The author supports a shift from the doing for capitalism to more of a doing for environment. She introduced me to the idea of bioregionalism, but even more specifically, just being present where we are, like fully present, and noticing the spaces we inhabit and the people and other forms of life we share this space with. One section of the book that I found super fascinating is about how certain pieces of artwork can shape the way we see other art and even the world around us, similarly with birdwatching. Once you start birdwatching and naming the species of birds, you see birds in a different way than before you started doing that. Another section talks about the communes that were especially popular in the 1960s and 1970s, where people wanted to escape from society, to not be a cog in a machine, and then they ended up mostly just rebuilding shadows of the society they claimed to have left. This book gave me so much to think about, especially as I am on a mission to be on my cell phone less. If I'm on my cell phone less, then it stands to reason I would be doing more of something else. And maybe it's not about the time I spend on my phone, but the intentionality of being on my phone. Maybe what I really want is to be on my phone more mindfully. I think this book itself is something that by reading it has changed my perception of the spaces I inhabit. And not just because I live in the area, but I found myself being more conscious of my surroundings in general after reading it. I highly recommend this book. It's How to Do Nothing, Resisting the Attention Economy by Jenny O'Dell. That's it for me this week, book lovers. Thank you so much to our sponsor. A special thank you to my super rad audio editor, Jen Zink, and thank you for listening. For more recs or general bookishness, check out bookriot.com and don't forget to check out our full stable of podcasts at bookriot.com backslash listen or just search bookriot on your podcast player of choice. You can find a list of the books I mentioned today in the show notes by visiting bookriot.com backslash all the books. Remember, if you're a fan of all the books and all the backlist and you want to show us some love or leave me a birthday comment, please leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. It helps other book lovers find us. If you want to talk about books or nerdy stuff or check in on my shenanigans, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at The Infophile, as in the lover of information, spelled T-H-E-I-N-F-O-P-H-I-L-E. In the meantime, have a safe weekend, drink some water, and happy reading!